howling out from the swamps of South Florida. Out of someone's hairy backside, it's Chimp and Captain Brunch with special guest Little D, aka Duncan. Saturday night is lit is back. I definitely didn't hear anything you said, though. That's fine. <laughs> Means you gotta bring your volume up. But how's that gonna make any difference, though? Like the problem is the volume of the music. It's not my volume. I couldn't hear you over the music. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. This isn't. Not, this is not helpful. We are not gonna solve the world's problems with this kind of an attitude. The music is a lot louder and it covers a lot of different frequencies. Yep. So chimpy we are. Man, I hear I hear the room so much right now. Do you? Yeah, I feel like it's kind of echoey. It might be. I don't know. We'd have to check. I've blamed the uh, upgrade on the roadcaster. They upgraded. Nothing our has shit. changed. Maybe that turned off the light? Uh, the wrong one. Light is off. <laughs> well, I had noticed that the record light was a purple. And I was like, why is it purple? It's usually yellow, right? <laughs> and then I realized, oh, it's trying to tell me there's no SD card. Uh, so that's a nice little upgrade, little quality yeah, of life there. That's a good there. feature to have because you can imagine how many times people may have like started their show and then not realize that they were not recording any, anything anywhere. Thankfully, that wasn't the case. That'd be very unfortunate. Here we are back. It's February 25th, 2023. And, you know, I tell you, Chimp, this week I'm proud to be an American. Oh. Oh, yeah. I'm proud to be an American. Because I'm proud to be an American. That was actually um, one of my mom's favorite songs when she became citizen. (laughs) Well, and and this week there's a reason for it. Because because our fearless leader, our commander-in-chief, was in the Ukraine... The Ukraine. Yeah, Let's drink to that. Let's drink to that. And, to the Ukraine. And while he was in the Ukraine, there was actually a a, a bombing siren that went off, so, <laughs> so that him and Zelensky could be walking down the streets of whatever city they were in, with the siren going off in the background to make it seem like our president was some kind of a hero or some kind of a brave, kind of courageous soul. <laughs> and of course, you know, it had already been prearranged with the Russian government that there would be no attacks or strikes or anything during his visit. So why they would have, you know, a siren going off. Some rogue Russian trying <laughs> to win the war. My my best guess or escalated. My best guess was I mean, if I was if I was playing devil's advocate, right? So my best guess would be that they were um it was like a what do you call it? A drill? <laughs> they were doing a drill, you know? And so he just happened to be visiting and the cameras happened to be rolling while there was an active bomb drill. Hey, you might want to bring that a little higher. Yeah. Take uh, your time. Take your And so yeah, that's the kind of that's the kind of bullcrap that they pull on Americans and they pull on people who rely on Western media. Is just it's just you know they they play the siren sounds and then play it off as this oh you know our president was was hundreds of miles from the front line. <laughs> he was 
but yeah, so you know, uh, it's a it's a it's, it's an important day in America to be an American because our president is Zelensky. Wait, no. I mean, <laughs> I don't know who our president is, but he's defending our freedoms somewhere, and he's he's making the world ready for democracy. That's the Republican being president in the next term. <laughs> I guess um, president could just be. Eventually, the president will just become like a bunch of different people, and we'll just have an image up. Instead of having a person walking around speaking, we'll just have an image on the screen of like an ideal president. Yeah, it's going to be a deep fake, and a then, deep fake of a fake person. And then we'll have <laughs> we'll have the deep fake AI creating the voice. So they're gonna they're gonna go and find someone who died at birth, and then they're gonna take their social security number and they're gonna invent a person. And then that person is going to be, like you said, it's going to be our ideal president who is actually going to be, it's going to be like Lady Gaga, but a president where it's, you've got like this committee of people who are all working around the clock to keep the image up, to make sure that they're saying the relevant things to, you know, to keep their fingers on the pulse of America. So this is our future. Chat GPT. But the voice, president. The, the voice will be tuned to you specifically. So everyone's going to hear a different voice. Exactly. And everyone will see a different image too. The content is the same, but the interpretation <laughs> will be tailored to your needs. Yeah, like if you prefer an up talk, you'll get a president with an up talk. <laughs> and then you have, right? and then you, you'll have a team that makes sure it, it, it doesn't stray too far from the message. You know, There'll be a lot of uh, A-B testing and there we go. The, the marketers and public relations firms are going to have their field day in our future. All right, let's put our goggles on. I think we're going too far into the future. Oh, there. no. It's depressing. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about, you know, President Trump going to Ohio, um, to Palestine, and uh, to Palestinia, and, you know. Palestine. Whatever. And, you know, talking crap about J Joe Biden, which is funny because they're both sacks of shit, but. Uh, you know, he might be our president again in a, in a couple of years. You think? I think I think he might be our president. I, I'm not saying that he will be. I'm not confident about that. But the fact that this guy can still show up places and and news outlets will still record him and put them put it on the the broadcast to me means that th that is distinctly possible that in two years he will be the president again. That some sort of establishment is probably pushing it and there's money behind it. Yeah, but I think the only way the majority of people will actually vote for him would be if this war actually ends before 2024. I don't see that happening. So, Either. and you know, there's some, uh, there's actually a couple of things I want to say about that, but I'm going to save some of it for later in the show. Um, I do want to pivot now to this. There's a discussion about the possibility of China giving Russia weapons. And I don't really know a lot of details about it, but that's all I know is that they're talking about China giving Russia weapons. And it seems like the West is losing their shit over this possibility. If you're gonna stay just like that, you should tilt it about 10 degrees this way. Like that. A little more like toward me. That way, like, cause if you're standing like this, it's oh, like getting you. I'm dropping wine everywhere. Give me dropping a paper towel. Wine. Uh, the wine sponsored by the No Agenda show Thursdays and Sundays, Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak giving you wine tips. Yeah. Pretty much all they should do. The Bordeaux Superior. 
wine and shitty memes that John keeps posting on the fucking <laughs> newsletter. I, I, I don't get the newsletter anymore. So, so yeah, so China, you know, they're, they're kind of like saying, hey, you know, like you can't do that, China. You can't give weapons to Russia. And I'm trying to understand what the hell they're talking about. Like, we're literally giving weapons to Ukraine. What the, what are they talking about? Like, what do they, what what kind of moral high ground? Or, I mean, I, I guess we one might say that Russia started it. You started it, but we're obviously keeping it going. I guess you could argue it in that we're. We're helping the small guy, the the David in this situation, while you're assisting Goliath. But so that's your moral high ground. In in helping the small guy, doesn't that make the small guy the big guy? Like in the U.S. and Europe, both intervening. I can definitely hear the air conditioner. <laughs> it, 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 with with Europe with Europe and the U.S. both. You know, helping Ukraine, doesn't that turn Ukraine into the big guy and Russia into David? To me, that's kind of like what we're doing because we are give, essentially giving Ukraine whatever they would need to, to defend themselves against, you know, what would otherwise be a David and Goliath situation. But since we spend way more on our military than Russia does, that, you know, that kind of like turns that on its head. You won't really hear the AC on the actual recording because mine would be picking it up, but when I'm not speaking, the gate will kick in. Okay. You'll be fine. I am fine. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, like, that is the case. It's like David is souped up like like um, Captain America, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like if David showed up with an AK-47 to that fight. Yeah, but on the... Um, I guess on the, I don't want to say the mainstream stage, but at least on the um, superficial front, it seems, you know, China helping Russia, they don't need help. Well, I guess maybe they do need help since they're losing. Ho, ho. Well, I don't know. I don't know who's winning or who's, I don't know what winning or losing is because Russia said that they had started this uh, action to denazify Ukraine. I don't know if they've done that. I don't know. I, you know, and, and uh, Putin just gave a State of the Union. I did not listen to that. I probably should. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. I mean, I am, I am curious about the situation and status of the war because I am, because I am uh, terrified of the possibility of war. Yeah, it's definitely something we haven't really experienced at home. Or I, we've seen it on TV, but it'd be very different. If we had to actually live through it. Well, it might be in our future, and I'm not looking forward to that. Tell me something good, chimp. Tell me something good. So you know this whole um, this long running conspiracy theory with um, aliens being in the Nazis and and then the um the Nazis after World War II left um South America and Antarctica and there's some like underground society. 
No, well, go ahead. Oh, you've never heard of that? Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those like generic conspiracy theories that always changes in some way, but there's always some version of Hitler and aliens and some like underground society and running away to Antarctica. Okay. That comes from some like 1800s um, science fiction novel I learned today. Ah, uh, okay. Well, it's, um, and it's just that where the narrator ends up in some underground tunnel and then finds this underground society and they worship some sort of like central consciousness power called the Ver, V-Y-R-R. Uh-huh. I, I, I didn't read much about it, but it was just so interesting. Like it, all these conspiracy theories came from some old fucking book that most people don't remember anymore. But the stories themselves have taken on a, a new life. Reminds me of Promethea, which I've been reading. Oh, yeah. How, are you, how What are you thinking about that? I love it so far. It's great. I love Promethea. It makes, I, I have, at one point, because, um, you know, at the end where um, they just kind of like give a text version of the story. At one point, I thought it was, oh, this is real. Like, oh, no, it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> they got me for a little bit there. Motherfucker. <laughs> oh, it's awesome, though. I like it. It's a good story. Um yeah, you know, like stories definitely do get recycled, they get rehashed, they get retold. I mean, whether it's on purpose or not, there's definitely this kind of like uh, collective unconsciousness thing or collective subconscious thing where we we have these stories deeply ingrained in us, but we even forget that they were stories that were told to us. Archetypes or whatever. And then we end up, you know, recycling them in our own in our own stories and our own ideas without realizing their origins or their sources having been something so concrete and so already well prepared for us. And uh, you know, that's, that's, that's cool though. That's because that is what it is. You know, humans, we, we connect with each other through these stories. These stories are, they tell us something about ourselves or about each other. Better way of transmitting information. Absolutely. Chimp, did we get any boosts? In it's the last funny. You read my fucking mind. It's exactly <laughs> what I was doing right now. And no. <laughs> oh, that's okay. So it's a sad day for Saturday Night Lit. No, it's not. It's a happy day because we're lit. We are lit. We are lit. It's Saturday Night Lit. We are live item tagged up, which yes. means that right now, if you are listening on one of the modern podcast apps which supports the live item tag, then you're, you can listen to us live right now, Saturday, 921 p.m. Eastern time. However, if not, then you can listen to a recording of this podcast on any podcast app, which you could find at podcastapps.com. But why is Lit so much better than listening to a recording? I mean, if you can listen at any time, then why not just listen to it at any time at your own leisure? Well, because listening at any time means you can't interact with us. Whereas if you were listening live, then you could send us a boostagram right now. What? If you were listening live, did you hear that, people? If you were listening live, you can send us a boostagram with a message like, hey, you suck. Okay, that is a message. You could also say, hey, you're great. You're awesome. You could say, chimp sucks. Anything is fair. We can't guarantee that we will read disparaging and depressing boostograms live. But if you make me laugh, I probably will read it. Yeah, but we will definitely mention that the boostogram exists. So boostograms are a technology that's been implemented into podcasting 2.0, which is the modern censorship-resistant effort to bring podcasting to the universe and 
So if you're listening on one of these podcast apps that allows the live item tag, you could send us Satoshis. You could send us Bitcoin directly through the the app, which is kind of cool. This is, you know, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in the Bitcoin world right now, whether it's Noster and then the Zaps, which I still don't fully understand, but I, I, it's pretty much just sending people Satoshis through Lightning, through Noster. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then <laughs> that whole thing that um, at one point it broke, like broke, <clears throat> it broke the, the index. I yeah, I didn't get why. I still don't understand why. Um, I'm, I'm guessing it was just too much, it was just too much data information for um, those smaller nodes, um, like Fountain or, or Albi or, or Get Albi. <clears throat> Versus yeah. having like your own node with like a bunch of channels. Well, whatever it is, if you know what happened, you should you should go ahead and let us know. Be a boost. Explain it to us. Um, is there a, char- a character limit on boosts? I forget. I don't know. I have no idea. There must be. There must be a character limit because Lightning is not a robust, you know, high bandwidth data transmission network. So it's you know there can't be on you know unlimited size to these. Let's boosts. test it by taking one of your essays and boosting it. Okay, we could try that. <laughs> we'll boost it to like... Oh, God. No <laughs> Oh, it's horrible. Speaking of Bitcoin, uh, didn't we have a couple of bets going? Okay, so uh, we did have a bet about the price of Bitcoin last week in dollars and whether it would go to 25000 or not. And then it did apparently at some point go to like 25015 depending on which... A hundred. It was a little more than that. Maybe it depends on it really depends on also which exchanges you were looking at or what, you know, because I was looking at some charts that didn't show it going up to twenty five thousand that day. But, you know, uh, I'm not a sore loser and it wasn't that big a deal. So I did bring you a bottle of wine. It was supposed to be what? How many sets? Twenty thousand. So you you definitely won out on that bet. <laughs> you got a lot more than you were supposed to. <laughs> The bottle of wine is uh, definitely hey, worth more than It's a long-term game. <laughs> Those 20,000 sets could have been worth two cases of wine. And one year. day they will be worth many cases of wine. That's for sure. So being able to keep those those sets is fine in my book. Um, something that's kind of related to this uh, you know, Bitcoin lightning talk is that Blue Wallet is going to be closing their custodial lightning services oh. in the near future. Tell so, me more about that. Um, so anyone who happened to download Blue Wallet to use as a Lightning wallet, you are unfortunately going to have to take your Satoshis out of there or you're going to lose them. And this is, uh, you know, it's unfortunate for people who are using Blue Wallet. I guess, you know, for whatever reason, they are moving away from that. Um, I think it's I think it can be hard, you know, to to me, it's like two businesses. The one business is managing liquidity for people, for other people, you know, like, so whenever you download a lightning wallet, like, let's say a blue wallet or a moon wallet, which is not necessarily lightning, um, breeze wallet, wallet of Satoshi. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of these wallets. And what happens is that if you're not running your own Bitcoin node, the person you know, the, the developers, the people who provide the app to you, they are therefore running a node or they're paying someone to run a node. And then that node is providing the liquidity for your wallet. Right. That's the only way that your Lightning wallet can work. So 
that is one business in and of itself, managing the liquidity. And then the other business is is developing, maintaining, and improving a wallet. So these these lightning wallet providers, they're really kind of screwing themselves over trying to run two businesses at the same time. And if if they're not really good at both, or if they're not really good at doing both at the same time, then I can imagine you having long-term issues. So I imagine it's got to be something like that for Blue Wallet. It's just something's not working out for them. They're not, you know, the writing is on the wall. It's either taking up too much time. Whatever the case is, they're, it's, it doesn't make sense for them to, to continue providing liquidity for people. So they're going to stop. So if you have Blue Wallet, get it off. Get it the fuck out. Um, and then it's definitely something to think about in general with Lightning is, you know, who's providing the liquidity and can you trust them to do that for the long term? I actually brought this up as a topic of discussion in the local BitDevs Telegram chat. It's the question of could these be different services altogether? Like could the wallet just be one level of service and then it plugs into a liquidity provider who is running their own service, right? So each kind of person can do their own business. One person is providing liquidity and then they have to find a way to manage that liquidity as best they can. And then someone else can be designing wallets, which is just a user interface, like a way to interact with a balance um, associated with like a particular account. I think it would be interesting if, if that could be developed for the Lightning community because that would essentially allow you to, um, theoretically the liquidity provider that's their long-term business is that they're just have to provide business to people. What is this? The, the microphone stand keeps moving or you're trying to get even better position. Chimp, chimp just jumped over the table and grabbed at my microphone while I'm, while I'm sitting here trying to talk. It's, it's, this is impossible anyway. So yeah, so it's just something to think about. I'm putting the idea out there into the universe and I'm trying to get developers to think about it is that, you know, could we turn the liquidity of lightning into one level of service and then the the wallet as another level of service and maybe that doesn't make that much sense maybe that that's like maybe that makes it harder to make wallets at the same time because then where do you get the money from right you got to imagine that the liquidity provider is the one who's then going to be setting fees for opening channels and closing channels or sending off chain or on chain and that the wallet provider would simply be providing you an interface and Maybe they charge for that. You know, maybe like they charge a fee, like $4 to download the app, whatever the case is. But I think these things need to be separated because if not, this is going to keep happening over and over and over again. You know, it's going to, it's just going to be one lightning, you know, one lightning wallet is going to close. I mean, just a few weeks it was. Uh, well, it's not like you lose your sats. You do. If it you, just gets forced closed and then you get whatever is on your side. No, not if you don't run the node. This is what I'm saying, right? Is that so if you if you download a blue wallet and you've got a hundred thousand sats in your blue wallet, that is simply an account that you have with Blue Wallet. And Blue okay, Wallet okay. is running a node where they gotcha. have a hundred thousand sats sats accounted for you. All right. But, I, I've never used Blue Wallet. My app um I use a simple Bitcoin wallet and it doesn't do it like that. I have a public hosted uh, channel with Motherbase. <clears throat> so they provide um the sats that I can receive up to like a million sats, and then and then I opened up a a channel with Ellen Big for 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 for, uh, for for the other way around for for sats to send. So if they happen to close, then then it just um comes back to me whatever I lost. But it comes back to you on chain. Yeah, it should. 
that's that's generally how it works. And so you have like you are they already have a, an address for you that they're ready to send it to if that happens, or then they would like you see because what I'm saying is what do you do in the event that they just shut their doors down? You know, like let's say the owner gets assassinated and and no one gets paid that day, so no one went to work and the service just stopped working. Like, do you get your sats back? Yeah, I guess mine is really with LM Big. That's where I have an actual channel, and then I would get refunded um, if it gets. If it force closes. Well, that's good. And then did they charge a fee for all that? Yeah. See, so something's, something's not right. How do they not charge a fee? If you're not running a node, you know, who is running the node for you? Oh, my my phone is a node. Your phone's a, like, it's a pruned node? Yes, I don't know the difference. Okay, well. It's not it's not on all the time. I literally just, it's only on, um active, I guess, whenever I, I have the app open. So it's really just for, in, um, transactions at that moment yeah that must be a prune node we there'll be something to something to learn more about because I, I still don't understand about these prune node things but i know they exist um like a, a full node is a usually it's a computer that's running 24 7 right and it has the full blockchain on it yeah, i have the uh the full blockchain there you do have the full mm-hmm. but that's like 400 gigs what yeah, the full blockchain is more than 400 gigs. I don't think you have that on your phone. That's what I'm saying. So a pruned node is a node that has certain data removed from it that's not necessary for you to to like do transactions, especially if it's like lightning. We got to learn more about that. Someone will tell us more about that. That's because what doesn't make with sense. With BISC, it's the same shit. It's like 400 gigs. 400 gigs. All right, whatever. Anyway, let's continue. What do you, but how does it not make sense? Like, the blockchain is the chain of all the blocks that have existed since 2009. So, and each block is like a megabyte at least, right? I mean, some of them are smaller, but they're like on average like a megabyte, 1.2. And so you just, you know, that's... That's 712,000 megs. Well, what, what block are we at now? We're past 777,777. Okay, so that's 777,000 megs. Yeah, I don't know. I have to, I don't. Yeah, there's no way. Uh, 777,000 megabytes. 777,000. Well, 1,000 megabytes is a gigabyte. So that's 777 gigabytes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but not all the blocks are a meg. So some are a little bigger. Some are smaller. Probably probably more are smaller than bigger. Now with these damn ordinals. (laughs) Well, that's definitely changed things a lot. But, okay, let's go ahead and check the mempool. Since you brought it up, we can go ahead and do that. So I go to mempool.space. Wait, wait, wait. We need some... Uh, some mempool music. Mempool music. Did you fire the Duncan? It wasn't me. So there are 14. He comes are, over here. You asshole. Stop farting. There are 14 blocks waiting to be to be processed onto the blockchain. So um, it definitely, you know, I mean, it's still going. 
because again, this is Saturday night. Usually on a Saturday night, this is not happening, but it is happening. Um, I did see someone had posted a screenshot of the mempool with only one block in it. So there was some point in the last week where there was only one block waiting to get on there. But as it stands now, the ordinals are still are still going strong. And the average the average fee transaction fee right now is uh, 10 Satoshis per virtual byte. It's about 32 cents, <laughs> which is, you know, 32 cents is uh, is actually a lot, but it's not. So I don't know what to say. Like, let's see. Right now, the highest um, the highest fee that someone is paying to get a a, a, a transaction processed is two hundred ninety eight satoshis per virtual byte. Yeah, someone is someone is actually paying two hundred ninety eight satoshis per virtual byte, and they always do it. Like, if you look at the blocks that have been mined in the last uh, hour. The last block had 476 Satoshis per virtual byte, 985, 942. So sometimes people just pay stupid-ass fees to get their transactions on the block. And, you know, I don't know why, but if it's worth it to them, like, who am I to judge? Are you okay, Jim? Um, so I started wearing this chain that I found in my stuff as I was, you know, moving. And today I walked and sweated a lot. And I'm thinking allergic reaction. It started like staining blue. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, so I, don't know. I don't know. It's just my skin is irritated. Maybe I'm dying. But I don't know. When did you become a jewelry wearer? I don't know. Whenever I found it, I guess. All right. So, Panda, if you were to pay one or two Satoshis per virtual byte, you well one will definitely not get you on this block but yeah i definitely need a gold chain you're absolutely right i was thinking about that at least some silver you know? <laughs> oh man i gotta i gotta show off you know i i i got an upgrade to the to my bitcoin chain the chain got upgraded on the necklace so i can't get ready for the conference i can't wait yeah i can't wait for an opportunity to show that off because it's it's like new and improved now it's a little better it doesn't look as cheap as it did before so i'm excited about new and improved captain Brunch. That. but yeah so you need a minimum of two and then let's see there are two blocks that are full of two satoshi two satoshi per virtual byte transactions so one will definitely not get you in the next block but it could get you in the next two blocks, three blocks, four blocks, you know. <laughs> That's the thing, though. It's um, like I think there's something ideological about it, too. Sometimes the purpose of paying a low fee is for the fact that you that it's still possible, you know, that if you're patient, if you don't need your transaction to get processed in the next 10 to 20 minutes, then what What's does it matter? Point? Yeah. You know, like, um, if... Uh, it's like ordering something on Amazon and I, I can get it next week or I can get it tomorrow. I just pay five dollars more. I mean, have we talked about this on the on the show already that I don't have Amazon Prime? Um, I don't have Amazon Prime. I, I don't pay for Amazon Prime. <laughs> That's the same thing. Well, how do you have Amazon Prime and not pay for it? It's, a, it's like a family thing. So someone else is paying okay, for it. Okay, someone else is paying for it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've used other people's Amazon Primes, but I've, you know, I've, I've never gotten it. And, and I'm, I'm kind of tempted to get it because I do buy a lot of crap on the internet. Um, 
I mean, I hate Amazon, but now you're tempted to get it. The prices keep going. Like I think it's 160 bucks now or something. Holy crap, that's a lot of money. Back in my day, I used but to but it goes free. to what but what it, it goes to what you say though is that you know it's about the convenience. Like I could get things the next day, or I could get things later in the day. And I'm coming to a point in my career and in my life where there are some things that I want and and would be useful to have immediately. It's funny, yeah. I mean, that cable that's connecting the Rodecaster to my laptop right now came like same day. Oh no, it was I ordered it late at night, and then it came the next morning. <laughs> or um, one of my favorite book series is Dune, and um, Mal is going to read it because she's joined some like book club or whatever, and they want to read Dune. And she's like, "Oh, can I borrow a copy?" Because I have like. At least two or three copies of each book. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm thinking like, no, these are my old copies. <laughs> They're already like shitty. I want them to stay preserved. So I looked up some box sets and I found like a nice new box set because of the movie and blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, I'll buy a box set. And then you could just borrow that, for the, the first book. Came literally like the next morning. Like, it's nuts. Like these impulse, like it really drives our impulsive nature of like, hey, that's not too bad. I can have it tomorrow? I can have it today? Yeah, so I mean, I've asked myself over... But don't get Amazon Prime. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've asked myself over and over again for the last several years, when I get to the the checkout, you know, section of the of the ordering process and I can choose, you know, do I want to pay $5.99 for two day or, you know, am I willing to wait a week for, you know, uh, for a free delivery because, you know, orders over 20... And that's the other thing... <laughs> You know, you have to you have to spend twenty five bucks to get a free delivery. Oh yeah, if you yeah, don't yeah. have Prime, if you don't have Prime, you know, like if you're just ordering a fifteen dollar thing, they they want to charge you like five dollar delivery fee. So I of course will you know withhold buying things until I have at least twenty five dollars. Now, even if you have Prime, not everything is Prime eligible. I mean, I understand so, that. So it, it, I still hit that twenty five dollar crap. That's happened to me too. Annoying. Yeah, and then I'll use that in my search. Like I will, you know, I'll specify, you know, uh, eligible for Amazon Prime shipping, even though I don't have Amazon Prime, because I know if it's eligible for Amazon Prime shipping, then if I spend the twenty five bucks, I'll get free shipping. And so that's like another consideration too: is that if I got Amazon Prime, then I wouldn't have to pay for shipping on crap. Like, and I would, you know, I'd be able to spend less than $25 and then I'd be able to order my, at my heart. Or you could content. just send me the order, I'll order for you and then I'll charge you a fee in sets. A small fee. This sounds annoying. <laughs> this sounds like it takes too many extra steps and I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to do extra steps. So you'd rather pay more a year. I don't year, pay more. I just, I just. Potentially infinitely more because <laughs> it keeps going up rather than doing an extra step using lightning, which is supposed to be convenient. Yes, you are correct. Country <laughs> Oh man! So an interesting happened. An interesting thing happened at work. Uh, maybe it was even yesterday. Um, I was doing some like just you know kind of busy work job. What? Sorry, I have to say it also depends on where you live because Prime uh, Prime <laughs> <laughs> Pan is saying I never get stuff in twenty four hours in Southwest Florida. You, Panda. <laughs> yeah, if you live in the boonies and. 
in worse? retirement village. It's like a, a week to get stuff, but yeah, I mean, if they can only hire people sixty-five plus to make the deliveries out there, then you know it's going to be a little slower. Uh, they can't see the street signs. They don't know if the light's red or green. They so. run into a deer. <laughs> so yeah, Panda, we get it. You know, we get it. It's it. You're not going to get fast delivery over there in in what do they call it? The community or uh, the village or I don't know where all those horny old people are with all the STDs. Yeah. You're not there, are you, right? Like you're not you're not quite there. No, that's on the east side. It's, it is on the east side? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, he's is not it? over there. He didn't, I, I'm pretty sure it's on the west side. I think it's called the villages. <laughs> hey, if South Park made an episode about it, then you know it's bad. Uh-huh. So I was at work and I was like fixing this Velcro that was holding uh, like ceiling panels up on this catamaran. And as I was about to put the panel back up on the on the ceiling to cover the the roof, like the ugly, ugly roof with all the wires and stuff, there was a guy outside named Jose, and he was like washing the boat down. I guess they're trying to sell it, so they were gonna like bring it somewhere to show it to people. And just as I was about to put the panel up, I noticed a leak coming through the ceiling. And so this was very fortuitous because if I had put the panel up without noticing the leak, then the leak would have just kept leaking and leaking and leaking and would have ruined this it would have ruined a section of this boat it would have ruined so you did a good yeah it was a lucky good i did a lucky good they congratulated you they sent out awards yeah then they sent then they said okay go get some uh go get some 4000 uv you know like material and fill this hole man <laughs> so i had to go fill that hole Hey, you're getting paid to fill holes. That's not too bad. Yeah, it's uh, you know I'm getting pretty good at it. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I that's what I did. We dried the hole up. You know, got it nice and dry, and then I like shot this uh, stuff into it, and and then hopefully that that's all the crusty. Leak. Yeah, because you know it's, it's like a four million dollar boat, and then this leak would have turned it into. A not four million dollar boat. It's amazing. And so it had to do with like the installations of these of these solar panels. And this is cool because this was the first time I got to see flexible solar panels in person. I swear the mic keeps falling. It is falling, but we don't have that much show left, so we'll just. Tim's keep... lesson for the for the day for the week: don't buy cheap mic stands, please. <laughs> I need to get yeah. Oh man, has my mic stand moved at all? No. <laughs> so so I need to get a toolbox. And I was telling you about this earlier. Stop looking at my mic stand. <laughs> I can't my eyes it. are here. My eyes are here. Get some Loctite. <laughs> <laughs> um I need to get a toolbox because so I got tools taking up space in my closet, in my walk-in closet, which sucks. And I got tools taking up space in my mom's like office space, whatever. And that pisses her off. So I want to get a toolbox because then I'll be able to stick a bunch of stuff in the middle of my room. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm, it's, it's not the most reasonable place to put it, for, but for the time being, I actually have space in my room that I could put it in. So I'm going to... Good thing we're not podcasting there anymore. <laughs> no, we would still have space to podcast. Get rid of the bed. I mean, I just got the bed like a year ago. So you'll still get a good price for it. Oh, man. No, I won't. Those things depreciate so much. What's worse, a bed or a car? <laughs> but like in terms of depreciation, I'm, I'm probably 
It's hard to say. I feel like the demand for cars is more than the demand for beds. I would agree. So, you know, like you'd have to find the right person to buy your bed. And if you did, then you'd like be a pervert. The hell you people buy shit. used beds all the time kind of <laughs> yeah <laughs> people buy used well, trust he, me. Say, he said people don't buy i mean people says, are so cheap. he says i wouldn't buy a used bed yeah you wouldn't i wouldn't want to buy a used bed either and i did not this time but you know i i used to sell mattresses and they're they expensive we used to sell clearance beds all the time that's stain don't oh, no, worry I, about I, it. I sold i did too when i sold mattresses it's a thousand dollars off come um, on I mean, so supposedly they would spray them with alcohol. Yeah. And, you know, so that would kill any of the germs. But the, the, the crazy statistic, and I would tell this to potential customers as, an, as a, a ploy to try to get them to buy a mattress from me. It's like, oh, how long have you ha had your mattress? Oh, 12 years? Well, you know, they say your mattress doubles in weight every 10 years. <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean doubles in weight? And I'm like, yeah, you know, like your sweat, your skin. Skin, your dead skin cells, dust mites and dust in your house and all that nastiness just seeps into your mattress and it's just sitting there building up over years and years and years. So if you want to get a brand new mattress, brand new, it's not going to have any of those germs and disgustingness in it. Doesn't that sound great? And usually people would like Panda, they would be like, yes, there's, I don't, I don't want to go home to sleep on that nasty thing. Or they run out of the fucking store in absolute <laughs> horror. What's wrong with you, man? Time for a wine break. Cookies for humans. I wanted to make sure Duncan got a treat too. The chimp <laughs> like reaches behind me for, for like what's I guess a cookie jar. Definitely a cookie jar. And he pulls out dog treats. Very old cookie jar. <laughs> I'm mad. Oh well, it's you know it's it's a very cookie jar. My cookie jar is in the kitchen. Smaller, for a reason. What, what kind of cookies are in it? Right now it's empty. <laughs> I haven't refilled it. Pity. Tis a pity. So I started listening to C-SPAN podcasts recently. The C-SPAN podcast? Oh, God. No, there's like a few of them. Um, one of them is like, I think it's called Washington Today. One of them is something about books. One of them is about like civics in the classroom. So they kind of have different themes. Um, 
they're all pretty good. I, I, I got into it because why did I get into it? Um, I rem, I just I kind of like C-SPAN and then Jen Briney of the Congressional Dish podcast talks them up a lot too. And um, and so I don't know. I was just like, ah, you know what? Let me like consume some C-SPAN. Uh, you know what? I think it was is that I wanted to kind of have a, an idea of what the hell was going on with Congress, especially after the State of the Union. There was just something about the State of the Union. Like, what the hell was that? So I wanted to get a sense of what what's going on in the Congress and what the politicians are talking about or what they're bringing up or what they're trying to get done. And, uh, you know, they're pretty good, the, the, the C-SPAN podcast. I find them pretty entertaining. There's one of them in particular where they, they do interviews with new Congress people. And so it's kind of interesting because they just kind of like try to give you a sense of who they are and like what their background is and what their interests are. And I found it fascinating that a bunch of these new Republican Congress people, they talk up the fact that they are able to cooperate with Democrats, which I, I didn't really understand like what the point. I feel like both, uh, there's people on both parties who always say that. Oh, we'll reach across the aisle and touch each other and something like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm wondering if it, it like what, what that's about. Like maybe is it is it the constituency or because the, the the Republicans control the House of Representatives, so I feel like there's not like they don't they don't really need to virtue signal at this time. So I, I am curious about why you know why they're doing that. But so you know that is kind of interesting. C-SPAN, it's like I feel like it's as it it is as objective as kind of like political coverage can get. Um, it doesn't like make me want to throw up in my mouth the way you know like most kind of news type things are. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, so you know, I would kind of, uh, you know, for anyone who who wants to get to get some, uh, you know, for people who are interested in politics, I would kind of recommend it. Actually, I, I would I would go ahead and say, you know what, you should listen. You should probably listen to C-SPAN podcast before you listen to one of these like commercial podcasts or commercial news sources <laughs> oh breaking oh. news people breaking news breaking breaking professor ack via podverse says please tell the people that drop one auction start monday aka pokesats day gotta inscribe them all pokesats yeah so pokesats our um our sponsors <laughs> for for Saturday Night Lit on this uh, 25th of February is having the beginning of their release of the Pokesats Ordinals Collection starting Ooh. Monday, apparently. So that's exciting times for the Miami Bitcoin, the South Florida Bitcoin community. Ooh. And don't forget, you too can be a sponsor of Saturday Night Lit by going to a modern podcast app and hitting that boost button. Boost! Hmm... Another thing that I wanted to talk about. Oh, I just finished this book. I finished a comic book today, just before the show. I was reading this book called Berlin. I believe I mentioned it several weeks ago. Your dog keeps farting, and he's got a smelly dog. So if you're into serious, mature, not like, I mean, yeah, mature, serious uh, graphic novels, I would definitely recommend... Berlin by Jason Lutz. It is a fictional story that takes place just before the start of World War II. It's um, 
Berlin in 1929 and early 1930. Um, and it's... It's like a it's a very interesting exploration. It gives you a sense of what the city was like, of like the culture, the the ambiance in Berlin at that time. It highlights a few particular people. There is a a, a writer who writes for an opinion magazine. There is an artist from Köln who she she comes to Berlin to study art. Um, there was a, a young girl whose parents separated over, um, over a disagreement between, uh, of communism and, and Nazism. Um, there was a few other people. There was like a young Jewish boy. Um, there was a, a Jewish hobo. There was a few interesting, but whatever. So, so they're kind of telling you about these people. The lives that they're living tell you about the city, the things that they're doing. And then it just gives you this kind of glimpse. You can see it happening. You can see the, the civility in the city falling apart. You know, they talk a lot about the conflict between the Nazis and the communists. They actually have a few confrontations in the, the comic book itself. There's, um, you know, he, he did some pretty good research in preparation for the graphic novel. So there's, you know, the storyline follows a bunch of actual historical events. It's just, you know, you kind of see the way that they impact all these different people who the story is about. They impact them in different ways. Um, So I don't know. It was really fascinating. And, And the reason why I really want to talk about this right now, and this goes back to the beginning of the show, when we're talking about the war in Ukraine and, you know, whether the war is going to escalate or whether it's going to de-escalate. And I, I notice what to me seems like patterns or rhyming between the situation in Berlin before World War II and the situation here in the United States right now, like the, Although I think there's a lot of differences between the U.S. and Germany back then, um, like the differences between the way our governments work, um, but I still see a lot of similarities, and then maybe even more so between Brazil today and Berlin before World War II. Berlin, they had over 20 parties in the Reichstag before the Nazis took over, so there, you know, there, it was a, a multi. A plural system of governance. You know, they had all these different interests. And that's like Brazil. Brazil has like more than 20 parties in their Congress. And they're heavily divided. You know, their clashes are growing in the streets. And I I wonder if 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 we aren't moving in that direction. You know, it definitely worries me that these conflicts, these disagreements Things that we've been willing to kind of be civil about, to engage mostly uh, rhetorically, mostly through media, you know, I'm worried that it's moving more and more towards like a paramilitary situation. Um, and, you know, it, it, it could happen fast. It could happen fast. Um, it just takes, you know, like a martyr, it just takes a, a hero. I mean, 
I hate to bring this up, but like the Kyle Rittenhouse story, you know, like I was worried when that happened that that could have been some sort of a trigger for further escalation. I am glad that in the wake of that, <laughs> in the wake of that story and that situation, that as far as I can tell, the violence has not escalated. Um, it just seems like the violence in your esophagus is escalating. <laughs> it's swallowing that wine. Yeah, in there. It always feels like the next thing is going to be the last straw or the trigger. But there's so many variables at play that we won't know what that trigger is. That's for sure. And it may be something benign. Do you know much about this whole thing? Um, Brazil talking about banning fake news and disinformation. Uh, no. What are you talking about? I just uh, something I, I saw that um, that um, they would start censoring any, any face, uh, whatever they deem or whoever deems, um, I guess the Lula government deems fake news um, or dis or disinformation, even punishing those who are deemed guilty of spreading it. Yeah, it definitely seems like. At least from my vista over here in the United States, and I have not been paying that much attention to it, but it seems like they're cracking down or they are, um, they're definitely striking back against the, like the pro Bolsonaro anti Lula protesters a lot more than they may have done here. I mean, they're prosecuting people here, but I feel like, um, I feel like Lula is being a lot more hardline about it and trying to really make that sort of a a rallying issue, you know, around which um, essentially to build some sort of power base, you know. So like he's using them as a scapegoat, which is not good in a way. I mean, prosecute people who have broken the law, but you know, to now go to this extent, I guess it comes from this notion that. The Bolsonaro people were using WhatsApp and now Telegram as a as an uncensorable means of of spreading disinformation, misinformation, malinformation, blah 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 blah. So, so that's interesting. But I wonder, like, what you know, like, how that this this rule or this effort is going to play out. I don't see censorship as a good thing. You know, I'm I'm much more for trying to like educate people or to try to have the debate you know like well why don't you explain why that information is wrong or why we shouldn't take it seriously or why we should reject it instead of hiding it from people or trying to keep it away from people which in a way creates like this forbidden fruit syndrome where now you've got all these people who are like oh well why is the government hiding this from me like the government is trying to keep us from seeing the truth you know like they're trying to it, it it there's there's no way of the government censoring something without some people thinking that they're censoring it because it's true, right? So I mean maybe it's true, maybe it's not true. That seems besides the point. It's the fact that they're censoring it gives it a new kind of weight to many people. Of course, for every person who's going to see it that way, you're going to have like two lemmings who are going to be like, oh, the government says it's fake, so it must right. be fake. Whatever, but but that but it's exactly that kind of thing. So if you got you've got this one segment of the population who is going to be 
misinformed because the government is censoring the media. And then you're going to have this other segment of the population. And, and neither of these necessarily are, are majorities, but they are significant. You're going to have the second segment of the population who's going to have this delusional b belief based on all of these um, essentially fake news stories, <laughs> you know, that like maybe there is some truth to them, but they're being, you know, uh, they're all fake news is the thing. It's hard to determine what's truth because it's so littered with bullshit. I, I think it's a time thing. I, I think, I mean, in the short term, it's easier to, um, to not have that discussion, to just deny and just push a narrative. Um, and then even if people figure it out, like, you know, like we forget so quickly, like, like, like we'll remember, but other people won't remember. And, you know, before you know it, it's 20 years later and now it's, we're focusing on something else and we could just focus on lying about that. Yeah. And we never go back to, to address the things before. Yeah. So and, it and, seems easier. It's and now, a short term game. But. And like now we're stuck in the situation where they've been lying about certain things for so long that we can't even have real conversation about so many important topics because there's like no truth about it. Right. What a sick, sad time. So sick, sad world. I've got, so I want to bring up a conundrum. Uh-oh. A conundrum. And it's not really a conundrum. That's an abuse of the word. What is my never ending quest for dessert? Why? Why do I long for the sweets, for the sensation of something nice and light and rich? Isn't that a? Oxymoron. A light, rich delight. Chocolate. Maybe caramel, not so much. Cookies. Cookies are just sugar, right? Peanut butter cookies, pecan, white macadamia, macadamia nut, oatmeal, snickerdoodle. I like brownies. I'm more interested in knowing why you keep backing away from the mic. Like cake. Mm. So I would say let's go get some ice cream, but they're closed. So, so, so what, what should I do for dessert right now then? <laughs> You're drinking sugar right now. Uh, it is, but it's like not, oh gosh, I am. <laughs> You're drinking sugar. It has an added sugar, side but it's effect. Not, it's not sweet enough is the problem. I mean, it's sweet, but it's also got like this kind of bitterness or what would you call it? it's not bitter yeah, it's, it's like dark chocolate you know see that's the issue you have so many sweets that your sweet tolerance is up there but stop I, having sweets for like about a month or two and then yeah it'll be a lot lower i just like to have like these these you know these nice little like injections of sweetness you know it's like a fist of sugar just like boom hi oh it is isn't it god i'm spilling so much wine today uh, give me this napkin uh, <laughs> Party foul. Captain Brunch should not get behind Party a foul. ship, a ship's, a ship's, um, you know, wheel. What do they call it? Steering wheel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> until next time. Oh, we're done. Okay. Oh, are we not? <laughs> I was just giving you time to clean up. anything else you want to talk about well i just i just hope that everyone has a good week ahead of them and i hope i also have a good week ahead of me um i hope i don't spill any more wine 
I hope you find something sweet. Read on. This has been Saturday Night Lit. Captain Brunch signing off. We'll see you next month. If you're in Miami, come to Bitcoin Brunch, Miami's Garden, 79th and 6th Court, Northwest. 71st and 6th Court. What the fuck ever? <laughs> <laughs>